0: Welcome to After Hours, Conversations for Music Educators, presented by Amro Music. This is where we share ideas and work towards solutions to better serve your students. This week, Nick Averwater talks with Michael Wells, principal at Clinton Junior High School in Clinton, Arkansas, a town of around 2,600 located 70 miles north of Little Rock. Michael is a former band director, and in this episode, we'll learn more about the similarities and differences between the two jobs, and also how music educators can build and maintain strong relationships with their school's principal. Our conversation was recorded December 20th, 2022. It's broken up into two episodes, and this is part one.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to After Hours Conversations for Music Educators. I'm excited to sit down today with Mr. Michael Wells, the principal at Clinton Junior High School in Clinton, Arkansas. Michael, it's so good to see you today. Well, thank you for
2: having me. I appreciate you uh, giving me the chance to speak with you.
1: Now, for our listeners that may not know you, I would love to just get to hear your background a little bit. Uh, I, of course, you're the principal now, came up through the music side of things, and would love to just hear a little bit about, you know, your journey through music and what led you to become the principal there at Clinton Junior High School.
2: Um, absolutely. Uh, as you said, I, I was a music educator, um, started my career in Arkansas at a, a small school school um, named Hoxie um, been with Amro for years um, you know started with Phil Burns and then working with LaDonna um, so I moved over to Batesville and that's where the majority of my career happened for eight years um, after we had a, a daughter we moved down to central Arkansas so my wife could take a job at Greenbrier and um, that's where I kind of bounced around until I found a home at Clinton um, At Clinton, it's been a wonderful school district. I I was the band director there for five years. And um, at that point, I had the opportunity to move into administration. Um, First, as the alternative school director, which was um, quite a change from being the band director, where every kid was happy and loved being in school and wanted to be there, to um, trying to save the kids who were uh, on the verge of being dropouts. Um, but I learned an incredible amount about school in general those two years. Um, after that, I've now been the principal at the junior high school for eight years now, and um, like I said, I, I love the experience of being able to touch all the kids and you know, not just uh, the group of kids I have in the band room.
1: Did you find that being a band director, or music educator, prepared you for being a principal?
2: You know, I um, I joke about that quite often because I thought, um, you know, our busy schedule in the band director world. Um, everybody tells you when you're moving into the principalship, they're like, "Are you really going to give up your life? Are, are you going to be able to handle that much time?" And I thought to myself, "Well, hundred percent. I'm I'm always at ball games. I'm always at concerts. Uh, time's going to be no problem for me." I'll tell you, though, um, you know, we're at some home basketball games, and we're at some football games, but I was not prepared for volleyball and tennis and track and away basketball and and those time constraints. Um, So that's been a change. But I will say as far as educationally, um, I really feel that being a band director um, prepared me to help my teachers be better teachers um, just because of the way we approach education. Um we, you know, it, it's a hands-on activity. Um, kids are learning by doing. And um, it's it's just a way if I can get that message to our teachers, I can try to make the, the kids' classroom experience stronger.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Michael, I'd love to just reflect back on the time where you transitioned there from from music educator to principal. Looking back, was there anything that you thought, mm, I thought this is a music educator about my principal or about the role of being a principal. And now that I'm in the role, I'm finding that it's a lot different than what I was expecting it to be or what I thought it would be. Anything like that come to mind?
2: Um, 100%. Um, if any of my old friends are are listening to this and they remember 25 to 30 year old Michael Wells, um, they're, they're just going to shake their heads because, I I was not the best at um, relationships with my administrators in my early career, and, um, and now that I am in this role, I really um, have a change point of view about the different ways a principal has to look at every situation, and that... They're not fighting directly against me or any other teacher in the building, that they're having to look at it from multiple angles before making a decision that they feel is in the best interest of the school in a whole.
1: Well, Michael, you brought up relationships, and let's dive into that. The, a relationship component between a music educator and a principal because I think that's so different, and and from the seat that I'm in, it seems like I've I've heard two really frequent strategies as it relates to building relationships with your principal, right? So one outcome is is you want to have a really proactive relationship where you have this open line of communication, and then the other one is is you want to be so non-existent that you you're not a trouble to your principal and and you you are just trying to take care of everything on their behalf so that they don't even hear anything out of the band program. You're just doing your thing. What's your thought on what a productive, healthy relationship looks like between a music educator and a principal?
2: Um, out of the two, and uh, you know, I'll tell you, I have teachers in my building that take both approaches. I have teachers that want to just fly under the radar, um, and then I have those others that do want to come. Um, and, and try to tell me what they're doing ahead of time and, and you know, be proactive. Uh, the one thing that I would say that I always appreciate as an administrator is to be informed. But anytime you're going to come to me with an issue... Come to me with a a series of solutions that you have thought through and, you know, bounce those two or three options that you may have off of me to get my opinion. That way that I I know that you have put some thought into the situation, you've been strategic in your planning, and that that you're not coming to me helpless, but you're coming to me more for... um, verification of what ideas you might have and then we can we can make a joint decision and i think everybody walks away from that conversation happy
1: what what are some of the things that that you feel like because let's back up you talked about being informed and and, you know I can tell you in a leadership role I like being informed too but there's also a pendulum hey I can be over informed and we can get totally lost in the weeds here right so I mean tell me about some of the things that you think hey a music educator you really need to inform your principal about these things that are taking place in your program and perhaps these are the things that um, may not be as vital um, from your principal's point of view
2: Okay, um, sure. I mean, obviously, what, what I want you to inform me about for sure is schedules. Um, I need to know, you know where you're planning to be, what you're planning to do. Um, I, I want to be informed if you have a major policy change. Um, you know, there, again, going back to my previous career as a band director, I put out a huge, probably, you know, 15-page band handbook. And sent that out to all the parents, and then I had issues where when a kid didn't fulfill my handbook responsibilities, I became upset. I went to my administrators um, to try to take some action, and they couldn't back me on it because my handbook was in conflict with the school handbook. And school policy. Um, so, you know, any kind of major policy changes that would affect a, a student's grading, that would affect a um, student's uh, ability to participate in the program, those are the kind of things I need to be informed about. Um, you know, another thing that I feel is very important, if you have an upset parent, um, as a principal, I love for teachers to take care of That situation, you know, and keep it away from the principal's office. But at the same time, I do need to be informed that you had that conversation because it's very possible if the parent didn't get the resolution they feel they wanted, that it's going to end up, you know, on my telephone or on my desk the next day. So... Those are the big issues that I, I think you should communicate with your administrator. You know, as far as telling me what selections that you're going to play for contest, and that, um, you know, I'm trying to think of another example, but those minute details, that's not what I have to be concerned about.
1: Yeah. Let's dig into that because I love the two examples you gave, the, the frustrated parent or perhaps wasn't happy about a resolution that was offered, and then also the the, the handbook because I think those are two very practical things that, that most programs have happening on a regular basis and, and warrant further discussion. So let's start with the band handbook. I mean, if, if you have a new director that's moving in, because you mentioned only communicate Major changes, right? Which is, I think, great. But it also implies that there was a, an approval process done prior, perhaps for a new educator, a young educator, someone moving in. So, I mean, would you want an educator to come to you and say, hey, Mr. Wells, I, I want to just walk through our handbook and be sure that we're on the same page together from there, and then kind of we have a starting point?
2: Oh, one hundred percent. You know, as I said, I I've had a handbook before that says, um, you know, if a student missed a performance, they would be removed from the program. Um, you know, that is something that in today's world we we can't just over one mistake take a kid and and remove them from a program that can create all sorts of problems. Um, you know, other situations that have come up have been. Um, like student awards, lettering, understanding the process for that, um, even to the point of things like how you were allowed to try out for all region. Um, And this doesn't just have to be a a band director um, situation. You know, I've had the same um, scenario come up with mathematics and which students get to take algebra one and which students um, have to remain in eighth grade math. So anytime there's going to be that kind of placement decision about a student, It it is much better to have that conversation on the front end with your administrator. So, um, yes, 100 percent, a new student in a school, I feel they should come to their their principal, have them look over that handbook. And it may not just be, hey, throw this down on the desk and read through this and tell me what you think. Um, it, It more needs to be a conversation. Can you give me 15, 20 minutes to go through and pick out these high points to discuss with you?
1: I I suspect, at least in your experiences, those conversations didn't come up until it was almost too late, right? I mean, you had made a decision or something had occurred in the program and now we're trying to find this middle ground between our ban handbook and the school policy and we've got parents involved and now we have a really sticky situation here.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, Normally, Both when I was on the teacher side of it and now as an administrator, most of the time um, those conflicts are not brought up until there's a fire to be put out.
1: Yeah, I I just love the practicality of that advice, because I do think, particularly for young educators or somebody new in a role, it's really easy to come in and say, well, I have my handbook, I have control of my program, but perhaps miss that step. And I could also see, too, where if it's a handbook that's vital or was used at your previous program— Having it reviewed with your new principal might be a good idea, too, because, again, we've got new school policies. We've got new principals, procedures, expectations. So I just think this is a really good ounce of prevention conversation to save on headaches later. Let's let's talk a little bit. You mentioned as well about communicating when a parent is perhaps unhappy. And unfortunately, we like to think that everyone's happy, or, or we like to think that. But occasionally, we'll find somebody where just a decision was made that—that that, that, that never happened in your program, Michael, I know, nor at your school. But <laughs> hypothetically speaking, somebody else's, where a parent's just unhappy. How, how do you want an educator to communicate that with you? Um, because again, I mean, I could send you a novel—a three-page novel of he said, she said, then this, then that. What? How do you like to receive that communication, Michael?
2: Well, I'm I'm trying to think. The first thing, um, I'm I'm better about an in-person conversation where I can probe um, and I can get more details as needed through that conversation. So, um, you know, it, it's been where I've gotten an email at eleven o'clock at night that says hey Sally's mom is going to be upset expect a phone call at 7 30 in the morning um you know I I don't have time to find out why the mother is upset what steps have been taken to get there um it's just kind of laid on my desk and all I do is toss and turn all night over what's this conversation going to be what is this um what is this teacher and mother had in conflict so Um, you know, that's not the best way to drop it on, on your administrator's desk for sure. Um, you know, again, my personal preference is I I like to have a two-way conversation with that teacher so I can know what they've done, what has been said and what led up to the situation that I'm going to have to have a conversation about.
1: Yeah. So, Michael, I I love the fact that you brought up the tossing and turning, right? Because that that brings up a certain just visual of of humanity of what it's like being a principal. Because you can give so little information that, A, the principal is caught off guard, or they don't have enough information to even know what fight they're getting ready to approach, just that the fight is coming to them and they're thinking, I I don't know what's happening. I'm just going to get punched in the face here. But also they're staying up at night, like wondering about these things that you gave them. So what advice would you give an educator on this?
2: Um, same thing. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I I remember as a teacher, you know, uh, tossing and turning all night over my students and what I was going to do the next day. And that has not stopped as the principal, um, you know, I guess if there's one message I could get out of this podcast to everybody is, is we're humans too. We, we still have emotion. We still worry now, not about every kid in our program, but every kid in our building. And now every teacher, um, you know, they're, they're not our coworkers in a sense. They're, You know, are are people that I care about and I want to see them succeed. Um, So absolutely, when one of my teachers is in distress and I know a parent's upset with them, it it 100% bothers me all night until I can resolve the situation the next day. Um, But going back to your original question, you know, it, it is all about those conversations and making sure that we support each other and give each other enough information to be able to to resolve issues, because they're going to come up. Um, I don't know if anybody else is experiencing this, but I, I really feel in the last um, four to five years, and even through the pandemic, that we are seeing more of um, people not afraid to step up uh, and um, voice their opinions, whether that's directly to us or even worse, just on social media. It, it seems like we've become a more negative society over the last few years, and um, we're we're definitely dealing with that not only as teachers but as administrators also.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a tough challenge. That's a tough point. So, well, Michael, what what advice would you give um, a young educator? that is starting in their job or someone that's starting in their job to just start the relationship with their principal. I mean, we've talked about what a good relationship looks like. So let's talk about where that relationship begins and perhaps for somebody that has acknowledged, Hey, the relationship is not where I want it to be with my principal. What advice would you give them to start that rebuilding process and start building a new relationship?
2: Um, I would say the number one, Um, thing that is needed in a relationship between a young music educator and a principal is trust. Um, I have to trust that my teachers are going to, you know, make the decisions that are in the best interest of the students. Um, I have to trust that when I make a mistake or a decision that we're going to walk out of here. um, Let's just say a decision first that if we make a decision together, we're going to walk out in a united front. You know, not every time I'm going to agree with what the teacher wants to do or say. And, you know, sometimes I'm going to step back as an administrator and I'm going to let them um, make what I feel is an incorrect decision because I'm not 100 percent accurate all the time either. Um, You know, so I we sometimes walk out of there and. I I let that teacher make that decision, and I'm going to support them. And I'm going to expect the same thing when we make a decision that I feel like I had more of a lead role in doing that, that the teacher is going to support me in that decision. And again, we're going to be united on it. So that's the number one um, aspect,
1: I would say, of building that relationship. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. Uh, What about in that initial, that first meeting, that first conversation, right? So band director's been hired. They just started out in the job. They're wanting to continue building that trust. You know, what topics need to be covered in that initial meeting between a music educator and a principal? Because here's the deal. It might be a young educator. It might be a young principal too, and they don't really know where to start this conversation. So where would you recommend, what are the things that just can't go unsaid in that first meeting? Um,
2: I think the first thing you need to talk about as a young educator with your principal is the direction you want to tra- take the program. Um, I need to know your goals for the program. I need to know what you see the, the group doing in two to three years. Where do you want it to go? Um, and I'm, I'm going to be a little mo- more specific about that. Some people are all about numbers. Some people want to do whatever it takes to grow the program. Um, Some people are less about numbers and more about quality of the program. Um, And I'm going to say not every administrator feels the same way I do. Um, You know, I I am more about a quality program than I am worried about if you have the most kids of all the bands that we see. So I'm going to, of course, I'm going to ask that in an interview before you ever get hired. I'm going to try to feel out and make sure that your goals and our school's goals match up. Um, but sometimes you don't have that luxury. You know, you don't go into a, a or an interview for a music educator spot with somebody like me who's been in music education. Um, so having that conversation about what that principal wants out of the program is massively important from the beginning.
1: When continuing to unpack that, I mean. <clears throat> Obviously, if you're a music educator coming into your school, it, it's nice that you have a principal, Mr. Wells, who is a former educator. I mean, there's there's an opportunity there for mentorship. You kind of can help keep that educator in between the lines if they're a young educator in, in an earlier first teaching career. Putting yourself in the role of an educator where the the principal is perhaps a former wrestling coach, right, or somebody you know, uh, someone who was a, a math teacher. They just simply don't know what they don't know. Are there any other topics that come to mind that you need to continue? Because a little bit of an opportunity to kind of educate the principal too.
2: Absolutely. And I'm glad you said that because when you were talking about um, that first question, the second thing that I feel you have to do is after you discuss your goals and your direction, most of the time you're going to have to educate and where you can get into a problem with education is you can't seem like you're talking down to someone. Um, you know, you, you have to talk about things that they may not be aware of, um, how long it takes to, um, you know, to build a program. It's not going to be an overnight thing. Um, it's a touchy conversation, but um, what kind of budgetary items you need you know what condition the instruments you found are in are you going to need to hire support staff Um, there's a lot of education that even as a principal I still feel like I have to do with superintendents about music education um, because they're not aware of it and um, and I become that voice still speaking to administrators above me about what it takes to run a successful program
1: I think that's an important part of it. I remember a, a passing comment from Greg Bruner one time. Of course, you know Greg. He and Hope have been on the show before. And I remember Greg Bruner made this this just passing comment about, well, we got a new principal this year, so I'm going to have to train him about the way we do things around here. And I just kind of <laughs> snickered under my breath. But... But I mean, there's, I think, I think there's some truth in that, right? Like, Hey, you know, if, if you don't have an educator, like a Mr. Well, or a principal, like a Mr. Wells, you kind of have to be, as Leif Cook put it on this podcast, you have to be the expert in the room, right? You have to tell them about music education and be that expert. You can't expect them to be that expert. Yeah, no,
2: a hundred percent. And, you know, I don't want to generalize administrators, um, but we really do have a common ground with most of them. It's still my experience that most high school secondary administrators have come from a coaching background, you know, just to be honest. And there's a couple out there that were teachers and there's a couple of us band directors floating around, but I'm going to pull up a statistic just out of the air that I would still say probably 60 to 70% of them come from a coaching background. Um, and you know, when you start to really have conversations with those guys, we, we speak the same language as music educators. Um, it, it becomes all about motivation. It becomes, um, you know, about structure and, and they understand that. Um, so you can easily start to build those bridges with them by knowing their past background and connecting what you do to their prior experience
1: also. Yeah, I think that's great insight. Now, Michael, if if someone said to you, "My principal just doesn't like music," you've—I'm ne- I'm sure you've never heard that. What, what? What? You're giggling as I have said that. So you're sitting at the Amro <laughs> booth at Arkansas Bandmasters, and someone goes, "Michael, you just don't get it. My principal just doesn't like music." How would you? How? What would be? What would be your comment to them?
2: Um, my my first comment would be that. Much like we were talking about, they don't understand. They don't understand what's going on in your classroom. Um, the second thing I would say is it's very possible they have had a bad experience in the past with someone. And that has that has led them to where they are right now, where they're reluctant um, to, to connect with the music educator. Um, you know, I, again, I mentioned social media earlier. I, I see it right now um, sometimes on the Facebook groups with tons of bad advice on, well, you should just go tell your principal this or next time there's a football game or a basketball game, you should just not show up and see what they think then. So those kind of previous experiences that principals may have had tend to um you know, cloud their judgment on a new person who's coming into the building.
0: That's Michael Wells, a former music educator who is now the principal at Clinton Junior High School in Clinton, Arkansas, talking with Nick Averwater. This conversation will continue on the next episode of After Hours, Conversations for Music Educators, which is presented by Amro Music. This podcast is produced by Nick Averwater and Joel Hurd in Memphis, Tennessee. You can hear many more conversations at amromusic.com
1: slash hours. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, here are two easy and fast ways you can support the After Hours show. First, your five-star review means a lot as it helps to boost us in the podcast rankings so that other music educators, just like you, can find us. Second, if you thought of someone that would enjoy this week's content and episode, Hey, please share it with them so that they too can be a part of the After Hours community. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.